Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve and Justin. Love the show. Thanks for all you do. Calling about Volunteer, wondering if there's an upcoming catalyst for this next year or if I should just take the loss. And provides unbiased answers. Sales growth, this is the area that I'm most concerned with. The most recent September quarter, last September, sales only grew 3%. Now, before that was 36%, 16%, 10%. Talk, over 38 million downloads and counting. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January twenty fifth, two thousand twenty two, and you can't say I didn't warn you. The market is almost always unpredictable and interesting at the same time. We've been watching case samples, examples of volatility. I mean, look at yesterday. You had that huge down day and then a reversal in the same day. I mean, it was down what eleven hundred points during the day and then ended up being positive. That's um, market reversal. Does that tell us anything? Well, one day never really tells you anything other than what happened, but it is indicative that maybe we're getting close to the uh, end of the sell-off that we've had. Maybe. I think it might be the getting close. I don't think we can make that determination yet, though. So, well, I do think it's important. The dynamics are pretty, you know, of the last few weeks are pretty volatile. Um, and, you know, if, you are, if you're a studier of the market, I think the dynamics are something that you can learn from and that, you know, the longer you pay attention and pay attention closely, the better you are at, like, you'll never be able to predict it, but you're, you're able to, like, see patterns, I've seen this pattern, an intraday reversal, many times. And the bigger the reversal, the more impactful it is on maybe a change of direction. Doesn't mean the market's going to go up. I think we're going to have a pretty volatile year all year uh, because of what the Fed's doing. But it's, it is indicative of maybe we've seen the, uh, the end of the very painful fall for at least the NASDAQ. We'll see. We'll see. It's only been about a 10% correction in, in general. A little more for, more for the NASDAQ, less for the Dow, but about that much. And that would be considered a normal correction. But are we are we due for a bigger than a normal correction? Maybe we are. Maybe we are. So you'll want an accurate post-year analyst of strategies going forward. What should we do? So I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to do my best to help you with that on this show and podcast. Of course, if you want answers specifically directed at your particular situation or a particular stock or your financial issues that you want to talk about, we're going to talk about it. That's what the show is all about, to help you answer those kinds of questions. You drive the show in the direction you want to. You are, you're in the driver's seat here. You want to talk about stocks? I'll talk about stocks all day long. Um, so, but... 
please give me a call. I want to hear from you. I guarantee you I will give you only the facts that I have them. I have a bunch of software in front of me, as you know, and I will pull up anything I can on the question that you ask. Okay, and our mission statement is the same every day, independent thinking and shared success, and that means I'm going to give you a clear explanation of what's going on as much as I can. Uh, our our stock commentary will be as accurate as possible. Remember, if you're asking about, when we're talking about estimates for next year, those are estimates. And I'll give you the experts' estimates. But experts tend to be wrong. They're not always right, so I can't, you know, you, you, you can't necessarily believe everything they say. So just be, just just keep that in mind when, when we talk about things like that. I'm Steve Peaslin, of course. I encourage you, encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. And again, you shape the show. You, t- you take it any direction you want. As long as it's financial, I'm with you on that. You can call right now. I'm live, 888-99-CHART. We're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And you can call and get your questions in. Again, 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to our first caller. Uh, let's go right to our first caller. Let's go to uh, Tim in Northern California. Uh, Tim. Yes, hi, Steve. Yeah, how you doing? Well, thank you for taking my call. Very good, thank you. Steve, I'm, I'm interested in picking up some uh, shares of QQQ, the NASDAQ 100. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that the QQQ is down about 16% from its top, and it recently broke through in a downward swing from the uh, NASDAQ index of 14,000. Uh, I got some cash in the sideline, and uh, I'm wondering, you know, is it a good time to maybe start picking up some QQQ, or should I wait? I, I think if you maybe dollar cost average into it, because it, that's a pretty good correction, um, I still think it could go down further. I really do. But I don't have a crystal yeah. ball. You know, no one does. And it looks like yesterday it broke through support, then came back right a little bit above support on a chart, because that's the only thing I could read. Um, and and today it broke down again below that support, but I think it's trying to make a stand in this area. So I might give it another couple of days to see if it can hold up. You know, uh, uh, if it can hold up over the next two, three days, maybe put on your first tranche of the queues. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, but I wouldn't put it all in yet because I I, I, um, I think we're going to go down a little further. I think we are. Okay? But I don't know that. Uh, I just I think do, we are. Should I maybe a cost average into it weekly yeah. or would be a – I would say at least uh, um, okay. week at the, at the fastest weekly – uh, maybe uh, it depends on how the how it reacts. Really, why don't you call me back up in a week and talk about it again, Tim? Okay, okay. thank you. I appreciate the call. Okay. Th- thank you. Okay, uh, my focus point today is based on a story behind the question: Can crypto remain a sensible investment? Can it be that? Well, we'll talk about that. I mean, there's been there's there's been a ton of money poured into crypto. You know, it got up to a value cryptocurrency. Sphere got up to value about $3 trillion. You know how much money is lost since at that top? Well, we'll talk about that too. Now, if we have time, I have other topics. GM to invest $7 billion in Michigan. What are they going to do? What are they investing in? We'll discuss that. You know it's going to be the EV area, right? But what are they doing? Um, 
Did you see the market PMI for both manufacturing and services for January? This is the private company market PMI, not the official PMI coming from the government, but a private company, and they've been pretty accurate, so I want to share that. And oil prices are likely going higher. Biden wants to put a lid on the rise. So, you know, how can – let's talk about it. I don't think he can. I don't think he, it's in his power. Uh, I mean, let me rephrase that. I think he could influence it. I think he could, but I don't think he's going to do take the steps to do that. If you think about it, if you want to go all electric cars and you want to – you want to be green, don't you want oil prices to go up to drive people to the electric car? So I, I don't know if they want to. You know, they'll talk about it, but you know what? I, people vote with their pocketbooks, and elections come around. And you know, if oil prices are really high, they tend to blame the parties who empower, who was in power, right? They tend to blame that party. So he wants to mark knock down the price, at least for the election. But can he do it? We'll talk about that. Market today, down. The Nasdaq, the Dow was down 67 points, which is virtually very little, right? The Nasdaq, however, was down 328 points. That's 2.28%. I mean, the Dow was down 0.19%, where the Nasdaq was down 2.2%, 328 points. The, the S&P down 54 that's about 1.22. So the Nasdaq led down pretty hard today, which tells me that, you know, you don't necessarily want to buy the cues yet. You know, you want to see some strength. It would be interesting. It would be nice to have some little bit of strength coming into it. And all, we, all we had was a reversal day. And that reversal day was on very high volume, which is important. I mean, people sold off, then bought back. Very high volume. Today was pretty high volume. The day before yesterday was high volume. So we have had three days of very high volume. I mean, yesterday is the highest volume we've had in two years. So, or views. Anyways, that's what happened in the market. Okay, uh, 888-99-CHART is our number. My trivia question today concerned estate planning. It pretty, it's a pretty complex topic, but I'll offer you some food for thought on that. That's coming up at the halfway point of the live show here, 888-99-CHART. We're moving into a quick break, but I want you to give me a call, 888-992-4278. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99 chart. 888 Love to talk to you. Talk about anything financial. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. Gene. Hey, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. My question is about ETFs that invest in corporate bank loans that are floating rate. Okay. And underlying uh, bank loans, it seems to be most of them seems, seems to be based on 
LIBOR plus a certain percentage, like LIBOR plus right. 1%, LIBOR right. plus 3.5%. So what is there any correlation between the LIBOR rate and how the Fed increases their short-term lending rate? Well, it's influenced. There's an influence. There's always an influence by the Fed. The Fed influences lots of different rates, and LIBOR is one of them, even though I think LIBOR doesn't come out of England, if I remember right. Um, I think it stands for London Interrate yes. Bank mm-hmm. Obligation England. Rate, something like that. Yeah, they're the ones who really set the rates there. But whatever, but the we're we're our financial system is so large that whatever the Fed does, it influences all rates everywhere. So yes, now what that means is is the their LIBOR plus, and if it's a floating rate, uh, the LIBOR base rate will go up. Uh, because the Fed is going to raise rates, and that'll be influential pushing those rates up. A few years ago, there was some litigation about LIBOR being, you know, manipulated. Do you remember that? I don't know. If, Actually, but, hearing maybe LIBOR was going away, it was going to be replaced by something else, but then I never heard anything else about it. Yeah, they, that's that's because it was allegedly, quote-unquote, being manipulated, and allegedly they cleaned it up. But, well, hopefully that's true. You and I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, the Fed will influence it. That means LIBOR will go up if the Fed raises its rates. But it doesn't control. There's Fed has no influence on any other. The Fed only controls that one rate, that overnight rate that rate lends to banks. Everything else is, is supply and demand, what people think it should be. Thanks for the question. I appreciate it. Let's go to Jeffrey in El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on Universal Display, ticker OLED. Uh, It's got a high PE, but it's also got high growth. Uh, I just started uh, buying shares of it this week. Okay. It's a long-term hold. Okay. And you've heard, if you you listen to the show, you know I've been kind of, um, for some time now, being careful about growth stocks because they're so overvalued that they'll be coming down to earth. And we've seen that in the last few weeks, right? I mean, that the high growth stocks, and just even today, I mean, the high growth stocks guy hit a lot harder than the Dow. But let's take a look at this Universal Display Corporation designs organic light emitting diode devices for the flat panel displays used in the consumer electronics market. Uh, it's an eight, a six point eight billion dollar company, so it's pretty good size. It's growing. Sales of most recent quarter, which we have September, that's our le- most recent. So we haven't got the, the fourth quarter yet. 23% last September, up the quarter before that was 124%. So you're right, it is a growth stock. And they're going to make $5.28 next year, and it's a $145 stock. So um, it's what, uh, 20, maybe close to uh, 30, 30 PE in that range. So it is expensive. But it has good fundamentals, uh, but it has negative cash flow. There's there's a lot of things I don't really care for it, and I think you're going to have to be really, really careful with the stock. It's been in a downtrend, so I, I wouldn't be a buyer. It's a busy Tuesday here on Invest Talk. Jordan, hold on. Dana Point, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? 
Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Okay, we're going to go to Jordan and Dana Point right down the street from me. I am in San Juan Capistrano. Hi, Jordan. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, oh, good. I have a question about HPQ. I own it. Okay. I bought it on a dip, and it did quite well. I'm at like 25%, but it's been slowly coming down. I'm wondering if it's a good time to sell. Well, if you were, if your intention was to take profits when you had a, a nice move up, then it would be time to take those profits, yes. But I will tell you this. It's still a good value. This is a tech company. HP provides technologies, software solutions, and services to small, medium-sized businesses and also large enterprises. You know, it's Hewitt-Packard, old Hewitt-Packard company. So it's in the computer hardware peripheral business. And their sales growth was 9% in the most recent quarter, which was for them was October 21st. Um, And they've been growing for four quarters in a row. They're going to make $4.46 next year. It's a $34.98 stock. So we're talking about 8 PE, and it's five, it ranges 5 to 14, and it has very strong cash flow, and it pays a 2.9% dividend, and it declared a dividend in January 21st, uh, January 14th. January 14th, it declared a dividend. So, yeah, you could take profits as that was your intention going into the stock. If your intention was to hold it for long term, I don't think you really worry about the movement down because it's coming into some support here, about thirty three, thirty four dollars, and it's right at thirty four ninety eight. So it's up to you, Jordan. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking profits. That was your intention. I always like people to write down why they bought the stock before they buy it. Why? And that the and the reason was well, I think this is going to have a move up from this point to this point, and once it does, I'll sell it. See now, now I would stick with my plan if that was the plan. The plan was to hold it for long term, then ignore it. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. Hi, David. Hi, Steve. This is Dave from New Hampshire. Um, I have a question about Southern Copper, SCCO. Mm-hmm. Right. I wanted to know if you uh, thought this was a good time to get into it, and if so, what could I buy it today's or tomorrow's price, or do you think I should maybe wait a bit? Okay, uh, this company, this stock has really strong support in the mid fifties, fifty five, fifty six dollars, and it's at sixty four now. So uh, you don't have to be in a big rush, uh, but I think it's I think it's getting very close to a buy point. Now, engage Southern Copper SCCO is the symbol engaged in the mining of copper and operates mining, smelting, and refining facilities, Peru and Mexico. And you know we've been talking about. Uh, commodity stocks for some time as we like that area. There was lots of value there. This is company's going to make $4.42 uh, uh, this year for 2021. We haven't got their final quarter in yet. Next, this year, I should say 2022 year, they're going to make less, $3.77. But it's a $64 stock. So, uh, it's still a pretty good value. It's not as nearly as great as it was when it was in the 30s and 40s, but but it's still a pretty good value, and they pay a 5% dividend. And that dividend is not in danger. 
you know, being cut or anything. Return on equity is 22%. It's hard for me not to own this stock. Let's put it that way. So I think you want to get in it, and I think your thinking is correct. You could take a half a position here, and it falls falls down to the 50, mid-50s by the other half. That that's That's a possibility. But I also think the market correction is over with, and if a market correction is still happening, it will take down this stock with it. But it's act, acting pretty well with the down to a couple of down days we have. It hasn't really fallen like the rest of the NASDAQ has, or so, so I kind of like it. Okay. Okay, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, voicemail. The focus point today is you know we'll be on behind the. Oh, okay, we're going to go to a voicemail. Let's go ahead. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I'm calling about Smith & Wesson, ticker symbol SWBI. Wanted to get your opinion on this stock as it is close to its 52-week low. Seems like a good value play. What's your valuation of this stock? Morningstar has it at close to $36. Thank you. I will be listening for your answer on the podcast. Well, Morningstar is a little more optimistic than I am. Uh, this is Smith & Wesson Brands, manufactures firearms, including revolvers, pistols, rifles, firearm-related products and accessories. They're, you know, For 2021, they're going to make $4.55. Okay, let me rephrase that. They already came in with their final earnings for 2021 at $4.55. This year, $4.47, and next year, $2.88. And it's a sixteen dollars and seventy cents stock. It's still a good value, but I'm feeling that we've already had a really good run on this stock. Uh, I I think you might be a little late to the party. I will say sixteen looks like good support. Good support. One of the largest financial planning misconceptions people hold is that having a will ensures their property will transfer quickly to the heirs. The truth is, the probate process is almost a certainty. And it can be lengthy and costly. So this is a complex topic, but you want to consider a trust. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name four assets that cannot or should not be placed in a living trust? I'll give you the answer after the break. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. 
there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Okay, before the break, I gave you my trivia question. Can you name four assets that cannot or should not be placed in a living trust? Now, of course, estate laws vary from state to state. So keep in mind that I'm giving you a food for thought kind of answer here. You got you to gotta go to your state. So determine your best solution. Make sure you go to a tax preparer, accountant, you know, someone knows what they're doing. Okay? So with that said... There are various types of trusts. I will list assets that you cannot or should not place in a living trust. These include retirement accounts, such as a 401k, IRA, 403b, 457. You know, those kinds of accounts should not, and certain annuities, by the way, also, should not be transferred into your living trust. Why? Because you can name a beneficiary directly and they get it immediately on your death instead of having to go through the trust or possibly through probate. So that's why. Health savings account or medical savings account, same kind of answer to that. These are tax-free. You know, uh, I don't know and I'm not sure because I'm not a tax guy about transferability uh, to an inheritor, but you shouldn't name the trust. Um, active financial accounts. These are like checking accounts and savings accounts because you may need to pay bills. Hopefully, you know, even after the person's death, before they die, hopefully you put someone on as a co-signer on those accounts so that they can pay your bills and 
such things, okay? And then vehicles. Vehicles don't need to go, unless they're antique and have a value, you know, that's more, you know, that's just collectible kind of thing. They shouldn't, they should not be placed in the trust. You'd be surprised. People do place those things in the trust. So those are four things. And as I said, it's pretty a complex topic. So I hope, I hope you give you just some thinking areas to think about it before you just name it in your trust. So let's swing back to an Investor Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener in Florida. Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Art from Tucson, Arizona. I'm calling about Starbulk, S-B-L-K. Interested in your thoughts on that stock for, oh, over this next year, its potential, and the uh, marine shipping space in general. I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you. Well, I, uh, to be honest, I never cared for the sphere, the space, the tra- trans- shipping, transportation space. And the reason being is the earnings are so volatile. Okay, so this is Starbucks Carrier, symbol SBLK, provides international tanker transportation services for dry bulk car- cargo with a fleet of 128 dry bulk carriers. Now, I'll give you an example of what I mean by this, the, ver- the variability of the earnings. I mean, in 2015, they lost $2.60. 2016, they lost $2.21. It's per share. 2017, they lost $0.07. Cents. And then 2018, they made $1.11. 2019, made $0.23. Cents. 2020, made $0.17. Cents. 2021, they're estimated to make $6.25. And next year, $6.50. That's what I mean by so volatile. Now, of course, with the... With the, with the supply chain so messed up, that's why they're going to be doing so well, you know, for 2021, 2022. But don't get carried away with, oh, they're making $6 a share, more than $6 a share, and it's only a $20 stock, so that's cheap. That's really cheap. Well, the reason why is because of what I just pointed out. That's very volatile, okay? Their sales and their earnings are very volatile year to year to year to year. So everybody knows they're going to make six dollars and twenty-five cents this year, and six fifty and two thousand twenty-one, and six fifty next year. This year, six two thousand twenty-two. So they already know that they already bid the stock up. It was around eight dollars, and now it's at twenty. Now twenty is still low price. And then you look at the dividend yield and say, "Wow, look at that dividend yield, fourteen point nine percent." But they're but these drawbar carrier draw dry bulk carriers. Dividends vary just as wildly as their earnings. And cut them down to zero one year and have a huge next. So I think that those numbers are already built, that those good numbers are already built into the stock. So I'd be very, very careful. Looks like it's topping to me at a double top at 23. Uh, I'd say, wait a minute. I just don't like this, this sphere. I, I just too, too unpredictable in, in my humble opinion. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. My focus point today is based on a story behind the question, can crypto, you know, we're talking about cryptocurrency, remain a sensible investment? And I know that I have talked about this many times. Um, and this is an article and uh, an interview with, uh, with an ex-global uh, Goldman Sachs CEO, Lloyd Blankenfield. And he he was at one point very very death on cryptocurrencies. Now he's kind of changed his tune a little bit. 
He says his thinking is evolving. It might be evolving because of how much money has been pouring into the space. And I don't, you know, I don't know why he would evolve. Uh, he he's thinking. His thinking is that maybe there's be a place in your in your uh, portfolio for cryptocurrency investments. In my personal opinion, I think you should stay away from it. No one knows what these cryptocurrencies are worth. No one knows how how to evaluate them. And you know, cryptocurrency Bitcoin has fallen from sixty thousand per coin to forty thousand and below. And I don't think it's done falling. So where's it going to go? I don't know. How do you evaluate it? No one knows. I don't like it because of that. I'm I'm a more reasonable by buy companies that make money and pay dividends or at least have good sales. And how do you know what a cryptocurrency is worth? And how do you know what it, it just a how do you know what the dollar's worth? Well, the least I know that the U.S. dollar or other currencies in, in other like the euro or the Japanese yen. I know they're based on labor of that economy, the size of the economy, the growth of the economy, and the labor in that economy. Okay, so you earn a dollar by your labor, right? How much money you make. How do you earn a cryptocurrency? What what economy backs up their currency, their cryptocurrency? There is none. What backs it up? Nothing. So how do we know how much it's worth? Now, I, I have said repeatedly, cryptocurrency is here to stay. But there's only going to be a very few winners in this sphere. Very few winners. The rest are going to go by the wayside. So just be very careful. Okay, here's another question from our Talk listener, Banks. Uh, 888-99-CHART is the number. Hi, Stephen Justin. Matt here from Minnesota, longtime listener. Love the show. Hey, I was looking for a quality stock that pays a good dividend to add to my portfolio for a long-term investment and hopefully can stabilize my portfolio during this volatile market we seem to be having. I was looking at the stock Amgen, ticker is AMGN. It looks like it pays a good dividend and a solid company. I was wondering what you guys think of the company as a performer, if it would be a good holding in a long-term portfolio and if you see any negativity or anything negative at all towards the stock and company itself, I guess. Looking to add to my medical side of it, I don't have too many medical stocks at all, and thought this might be a good one to add. So thank you for your feedback. Look forward to hearing it in the next podcast. Have a good day. I like Amgen. A-M-G-N. Develops therapeutics based on cellular and molecular biology to treat cardiovascular inflammatory diseases. It's a $127 billion company. It's huge, right? Huge. I like it because it's consistent. It's grown its earnings consistent every year for the last 10 years. This year, it's going to be uh, for 2021, when we finally get the final quarter earnings in, the estimate is for $16.87 a share. Next year, $17.95 a share. It's a $225 stock, so that tells you that the P.E. ratio is around 12, 13. They pay a 3.4% dividend. Sales growth is not great. It's hard to grow a big company like this. It's 4 to 5%. Okay, so it's not exciting. It's not some great thing that you're going to say, oh, man, this is going to double, triple. No, it's going to pay that 3.4% uh, 
stock, and the stock has consistently gone up over the years in a very reasonable fashion. Now, the last in September 2020, the stock has not gone up. It got as high as 260, 260, now it's at 225. So when do you buy these kind of stocks? Well, you buy them when they're on sale. This guy, this is a big blue chip company. You buy them when no one else wants them. And I would ideally like to see you buy it right around $200 because it's gone down there twice and bounced off in the last five months, four or five months, twice. Down there twice, bounced off that $200 area. That would be where I'd like to buy it. Um, and I think that you should be, uh, this is a big blue chip stock that should be in your your portfolio. I see nothing wrong with it. Cash flow is a positive $22.62 a share. Now, they do have debt. That makes me a little nervous. I don't like them to have so much debt. They've been buying little tiny drug companies to booster their own, you know, stable of drugs. So, anyways, I like it. I like Amgen, A-M-G-N. Okay, um, so we're, ready, we're already into the uh, fourth trading week of the new year. You may or may not have gone through the process of aligning your portfolio with your with the current reality, uh, if you haven't, and you know we've talked about this in December, November. You, you have to. The reality is, gross stocks are probably not going to be the favorite stocks this year. It's probably going to be value. Okay, and you you, you would have been nice if you were moved into value a few couple of months ago. But if not, you still have the opportunity to do it. There's still some value stocks out there, um, and they're holding up pretty well during this, you know, during this correction. So you need to think about it. Move over there. Now, I'm going to take a minute or so to talk about the benefits of becoming a client at KPP Financial, our firm. I I and Justin Klein own the firm. We are based in California, Irvine, California, in Orange County. And, you know, one of the things we do that other people don't do is we provide unbiased guidance, but we also practice what I call parallel investing, meaning I buy the same stocks for myself as I do for my clients at the same price, same percentage of the portfolio. So I'd like to be on the same side of the table as my clients. And believe me, I am 100% of the time. In all our programs, I'm in every one of our programs with my clients. So if you want to take a look at your portfolio, be happy to do that. Just call or write KPP Financial and go to our, invest, uh, go to our website kppfinancial.com or investtalk.com, either one, and just send me an email. We'll set up a time to talk to you. And I think after about 10 minutes talking to me or Justin, you'll understand the difference. We do not try to push people in any direction. We're just here to provide information. And if you fit a program and you want to become a board, we'd love to have you. If not, that's okay. I don't mind helping people. We'll help you, no matter what. We'll help you. We don't, you don't, we don't charge for that stuff. Give you the information. Next up, we'll go back to InvestTalk Voice Bank. Remember, the phone lines never close, 888-99-CHART. The InvestTalk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. Love the show. Thanks for all you do. Calling about Vontier, V-N-T. 
seems like a, a great value tech play. I took a position in it last fall. I'm down about 15%, wondering if there's an upcoming catalyst for this next year or if I should just take the loss. Still looks good to me, but wonder if I'm missing something. Thank you. I'll be listening on the air. Volunteer Corporation, VNT, it's a $4.6 billion company, provides equipment, components, software, and services for transportation and mobility infrastructure industry. Um, and that doesn't tell me a lot. I'd like to know, is it in the electric vehicle area or what? Where is it? Provides equipment, components, software, and services for transportation and mobility infrastructure industry. Whatever that means. I don't that's too it's too vague for me. But it does make money. It has made money. It's gonna make three dollars and two cents this year. It's a twenty-seven dollar stock, meaning it's below a ten PE. And the five year range of PE is nine to fourteen, so it's right at its low. Return on equity is very good at forty two percent. Remember, any a return on equity, ROE, anything in the teens or higher is very good. And this is forty two, so it's excellent, really really does not pay a dividend. so small it's not worth mentioning. Sales growth, this is the area that I'm most concerned with. The most recent September quarter, last September, sales only grew 3%. Now, before that was 36%, 16%, 10%. 3% is like its slowest sales growth in the last two years for quarter to quarter to quarter. And that concerns me. Why? So... It's got decent value, but it doesn't have much growth, and it seems like it should be a growth component in your portfolio. And, it's, and the IPO came out in September 2020 or so, and, the IPO, and it's right now at that old IPO price. So it really hasn't done much. It, does, it doesn't attract me. It does not attract me for some reason. I don't have a lot of faith in it, even though it has good, you know, good value. And if I owned it, I, at this point, my hold on to it simply because it's back down to its IPO price, and that looks like strong support. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question, will demand for office space rebound from the depressed COVID pandemic levels? Will it? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Justin will look at it tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to answer and take all your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, Rob from Tampa. Question about share buybacks. When a company buys its own shares, as I understand it, that goes on their balance sheet. So they own the shares as a company, just like I would as an individual investor. That's public information. You generally know when companies are buying back their shares, and, and I generally I assume that's, that's seen as a good thing. How do you know when they sell those shares? It's unlike an insider trade where individuals sell their holdings. Do the companies announce when they sell the shares that they purchased from the market, if you could get that information, does that say anything to you as an individual investor? Thanks in advance and uh, have a great day. Always remember that these are public companies. 
public companies have to divulge what they're doing when they're doing a share buyback or they're issuing new shares or they're using shares to buy another company or shares and cash to buy another company. You, you know, they have to announce and divulge that publicly because they're a public company. So, yeah, you, you'll find out if they're going to issue new shares. You'll know. When, and, when, and when they do issue shares, they're diluting their earnings per share. So they're diluting your, your interest in that company. Your value in that company is going down because they're issuing more shares. So you have to be very careful. Some companies that I think is a really bad idea issue shares to get the money Right in the public and to pay a dividend to me that makes no sense. You're diluting my ownership at the same time you're giving me cash for my ownership. Well, that makes no sense. I don't want you to do that. I want you to reinvest the money into the company to grow it. You know, so yeah, they they do divulge that information, and it's all public. Okay, good question though. I'm glad you asked that question. That's the kind of question that teaches you how these things work. And that's really what we want. So GM to invest $7 billion in, in, in Michigan, in its plants in Michigan, to boost their EV production dramatically, especially for trucks. They're trying to compete with Ford and Tesla. Tesla's coming out with a truck. You know that, right? So the battle is intensifying. You do know... Almost all the money made at GM and Ford is through their truck division, not through the cars. The trucks are what makes them the money. They want to be the leaders. So that's I think that's interesting. At least $7 billion that they're going to reinvest into the Michigan economy. Yeah, that's good. That's good, right? Market PMI for manufacturing for January. This is this is a private company estimate. PMI, Purchaser Management Index. Remember, purchaser purchaser managers at big companies, they buy the material, raw material they need for their company to make things and sell to you and me, the customers. So it's kind of important to know what are they doing? What's their thought process? Are they buying products to make new stuff? You know, that's what this tries to tell you, this report. Okay, well, last month it was at uh, the manufacturing side, because there's two sides, manufacturing and services. Manufacturing side was 57.7. Anything above 50 indicates expansion of our economy. Anything below 50 indicates contraction, okay? So it was 57.7 last month in December. For January, it's 55. So it went down. Now, for services, it was 57.6 and went to 50.9. That's dramatic. What happened? COVID-19. Certain parts of the country, you know, shut down or restricted um, uh, a lot of the services industry. Think about restaurants and other type of businesses. And that, even though they didn't shut them down, they just restricted mask wearing and you know, different things, and everybody's worried about COVID-19 because it's very infectious, which it is. Uh, so it slowed down the services sector dramatically. Now, I'm hoping we'll get a rebound next month. Hoping that's what will happen. We won't know that until next month, but I do think so. Okay? Okay, I guess that's it. I'm Steve Peasley, and it completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. 
You can get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. We love those ratings. Even if they're bad ones, you can still do it. I don't want to see a bad one, but you still can do it. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk, everybody. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 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 